All right, guys, just by way of announcements, um, you may have noticed uh, across the lot, the house is down. Uh, we still have a couple of loads to go before they, they clear that entirely off. And then we're going to build some storage. And so um, that house used to be the parsonage here. We needed the space. And so that is what's happened. That was not from the wind or a storm. Uh, that was by design. And then uh, moving forward, we are following the guidelines the state has proposed with masks and trying to keep distance. When that changes, we will change. And so restrictions got a little bit more tight uh, or tighter this week with 25% uh, capacity in restaurants and things. And so we're trying to be careful, but here's the deal. Um, we are being faithful to Jesus while following, I think, common sense. Um, and so we're going to push forward. If someone's diagnosed with COVID in our gathering, we'll send out an email, contact you, and then we'll have to go two weeks online. If that happens, hopefully that doesn't. And so well, we're just going to keep moving forward. Um, when they say the, the mask can come off, we will take them off sitting separately. I know that's a pain. So thank you for working with us in that regard. All right, nursery, we still are in limbo. We're trying to figure out when's the best time to open that back up. Um, we understand that families are watching online, waiting for that to happen. We also understand the brave families bringing children in here. Uh, we love it. And so uh, we're doing the best we can with what we got. Um, and that brings us to today. Today we're starting a sermon series in the book of Hosea. It's a sermon series. We're going to walk through the minor prophets. And I wish I had a gift card I could give to someone who could name all 12 minor prophets without them being up on the screens uh, because there's a few names up there that are very, very difficult to remember, let alone tell me the major point of that book. But now here's the deal. In the Old Testament, tucked in the back of the Old Testament are these 12 books. And some of them are very, very small. And yet they are major when it comes to who God is and what He's done. And so we're going to dig into these books. There's 12 of them. Today we're starting with Hosea. Um, we're going to keep it PG, but this is an up-close-and-personal look about the mercy of God. And he does not shy away from giving us a picture of his people and how they're relating to him as God. So I'm trying to think, what are some of the greatest love stories that you know. What are some of the greatest love stories that you know? You may have read it. You may have seen it on a movie. Anybody got any examples they want to say? Romeo and Juliet. Oh, man. In unison. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Anything else? Oh, gross me out. Yes, the notebook. Anything else? I thought for some of the kids, Beauty and the Beast. Great love story. Love and basketball, great love story. There's a lot of love stories out there. Hosea is a picture of the greatest love story of all time. It's a beautiful picture of the gospel, about how God loves His people. And so the main point that you'll see in the book of Hosea is how God is relentless in His redeeming love. It's an unrelenting redeeming love. He keeps pursuing and unfaithful people calling them to himself even while they're running away from him. And the meaning of Hosea is found in a marriage. And the marriage points to the mercy of God. So you're going to see God calls Hosea to marry somebody. And that marriage will be a picture of God and his people. 
And the focus is on the mercy of God. And so this is a lot. This is 14 chapters. We're going to uh, cover this entire book today. Um, And what you're going to see is that there's a call to respond to the Word of God. Whenever the the message is spoken, whenever it is preached, there's always a call to respond. And and so there's, there's a lot of categories this could fit for you. Maybe you're far from God right now. You don't want anything to do with God. But God's pursuing you, calling you to Himself, and maybe today you want to turn from your sin and turn to God. I love this because you're going to meet a lady named Gomer, and it shows this picture of grace. Um, Sometimes there's people that think they're too far for God to rescue. They're too dirty for God to claim. And yet what you see is the grace of God is greater than your sin. And so maybe that's how you need to respond today. Maybe there's someone or something in your life right now that's captured your heart more than Jesus. That's what happened to Israel. They went after other things instead of pursuing God. And God took it personal. As He should, because He doesn't share His glory with any. There was a a series, The Last Dance. It's not about dancing. It was about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Ten-part series. And it just went through how they won championship after championship. And he was sitting down at this restaurant. They were playing the Seattle Supersonics during this uh, scene. And the coach for the Supersonics was at the same restaurant as Michael Jordan. And George calls his name. He's like, man, I didn't see him at the restaurant. Uh, and so I, it wasn't a big deal to me. I had no idea about it. But Michael Jordan refers to the story. He goes, man, I was sitting there. I was eating. He was sitting across the restaurant. I knew he saw me. I knew he knew I was there. But he got up, paid his check, and left without saying anything to me. And he goes, and that's when it became personal. He used that as ammunition to feed his fire to whoop up on the Sonics. Right? Now, that's not a great reason to get mad at somebody, ignoring you at a restaurant. For me, that's when it became personal. Now, this, when you see Hosea, you're going to see God say, hey, this is personal. And when God gives you a picture of why it's personal, I think we understand. For all the married couples in the room, if you have an unfaithful spouse, that is personal. So for God, God's not playing around. And what you see is the mercy of God on display, calling a people who is unfaithful back to himself. And he's still calling unfaithful people today. And he transforms them through the blood of Christ. You're going to see the gospel today. It's tough. It's dirty. It's awkward. But it's a clear picture of the mercy of God. So I pray that God opens up hearts, opens up minds. I pray that we catch a fresh glimpse of the glory of God and his mercy. And may that mercy transform us. All right, let's pray and then we'll dig in. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Hosea. Father, there's many people from many different backgrounds. But Lord, we're desperate for you. We need you. We're dependent on your mercy, which you extend. You're an awesome God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so the scene is set right off the bat. Hosea 1, verse 1. It says, The word of the Lord came to Hosea, son of Barry. And the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the reign of Jeroboam, son of Jehoash, king of Israel. 
And what you need to know, this is a real man in real history. This happened. These were real kings for these kingdoms. And what you also need to know is during this time, there's a series of unrest. A king would be named, and then he would be murdered, and someone else would take a spot. It was a very volatile time, very violent time. And it's in this that Hosea is delivering a message from God. You'll also realize that this is a good time still for Israel and Judah. They're not in captivity. They're still their own kingdoms. They're still a breath of success for them. And I don't know about you, but when you're giving a warning, when all things are going well, you're not very likely to heed that warning. And yet God is saying to his people, return to me. And they're like, why should we return to God? We've got all the food we want. I've got everything I need to drink. I've got everything I need to survive. Things are going well for me. Why do I need God? And I think sometimes that can be our attitude. Everything in your life is fine. You're going well, and you think you're okay without God. And that is eternally, deadly wrong. So this is the setting in which the message goes out. Then you get to verse 2. Verse 2 does not mess around. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go, marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. Remember, the message of Hosea is found in the marriage. And the marriage will point to mercy. Can you imagine being God's man with this mission? Now listen, you're going to see some crazy things through the minor prophets. God's going to call them to do some crazy things. But this one is a heart-breaking call. Can you imagine Hosea? He goes and he finds Gomer. He marries her, but Gomer refuses to be faithful to him. She runs after different lovers. And yet, before we are too harsh on Gomer, you and I in this story are Gomer. We run after a ton of things that are not God. And we worship things that are not God. And so we're very interested in what happens to Gomer in this story because in her, we see ourselves. So you see this marriage, and then he goes on. They have three kids. And I don't know about you, when, however you named your children, you're not going to pick these names. All right? So first name, Jezreel. Jezreel means punishment. Right? God's bringing punishment. It's a warning to the people. Hey, keep doing what you're doing. Judgment is coming. Jezreel's a reminder. And then they have another kid, a daughter. Listen, I had three daughters. I have three daughters. None of them are named No Mercy. Right? That's what Hosea names their daughter. No Mercy. Not loved. And the reason why the name is No Mercy is God will no longer show mercy on Israel. That's devastating. If God gives us what we deserve, that is devastating. We deserve to be separated from God for eternity. Our sin, everything we've done wrong, earns us death and separation from God. No mercy is a scary, scary thing. And yet you catch a glimpse of the mercy of God, even in this name. And verse 9, it says, Call his name not my people, for you are not my people, and I am not your God. So you have a daughter, no mercy. Then you have another son, your third child, 
not my people. So to sum it up, you got three kids. Punishment's coming, no mercy, and not my people. So if you need some names, don't turn to Hosea for some names for your kids. Devastating news. And yet in this, even in this, check this out. In verse 10, you see a little picture of grace, a little picture of hope. That maybe not all is lost, even though we deserve it because of our wickedness and unfaithfulness. Listen to this, verse 10. Yet the number of children of Israel shall be like the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, it shall be said to them, children of the living God. So our question is, how can we be not my people? Now we are children of the living God. How does that happen? That's what we should be asking. Because that should be our story. We were once far from God, but now we are brought near to God. How does that happen? That's the question that we are asking all through Hosea. So that is chapter 1. Chapter 2 shows us that just as Hosea married an unfaithful woman, God has called an unfaithful people. And chapter 2 shows you the sin of Israel. Israel has been unfaithful. Going after lovers who give her bread and water and wool and flax and oil and drink. You see that in verse 5, but in verse 8, you see that Israel did not know that it was I who gave her grain, the wine, the oil, and lavished on her silver and gold, which she used for other gods. All the gifts that God had given her, she now looks to others to provide for her. What she seeks and what she desires is found in God, and yet she refuses to go to Him for it. And you see, our hearts are bent that way also. What does your heart long for? Don't answer this out loud. What does your heart long for this morning? Is it security? Is it power? Is it popularity? Do you want to be somebody? Be known? You see, our hearts go after all of these idols. It's bent away from God. And yet, what you see in Christ, all the desires of your heart will be met. Why? Because you get a new heart. Your glory is nothing compared to the surpassing greatness of Jesus. And when you get a taste of His glory, your joy is through the roof. Peace beyond understanding. Death can't separate you from that. What you long for can only be found in Jesus, and yet we pursue idols to try to grasp it. It's not a new thing. It's been happening hundreds and hundreds of years. And so we keep reading because they, they keep pursuing idols and they don't recognize God and they're going after this thing called a Baal, which is a golden image, just crazy stuff. Judgment's coming. And yet you see in chapter 2 a picture of mercy. God responds with unfaithfulness to unfaithfulness with mercy. Verse 14, I will allure her, I will draw her back, I will speak tenderly to her. An unfaithful wife, this is how God responds. He goes, I will give her vineyards. I will provide a door of hope. And then we look at verse 16. And in that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband, and no longer will you call my name my Baal. For I will remove the names of the Baals from her mouth, and they shall be remembered by name no more. All the idols destroyed, they are forgotten because of God. Verse 19, and I will betroth you to me forever, 
I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in steadfast love and in mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. Do you know Jesus this morning? I'm not talking about the stats. I'm not talking about the name. I'm talking about a personal relationship with Christ. Does He make a difference in your life day in and day out? Are you following Him? Are you depending on Him for salvation? He's the only one that can change you. Do you know Him? That was the problem with the people during this time, and that's the problem with people today. They heard of God, but they don't know Him. Do you know Him? Is it personal? And then you get to chapter 3. Chapter 3, what happens? Hosea has to go redeem his wife. Um, she went after other lovers, and now she is stuck as a slave. And Hosea is called to go and buy her back. Go redeem her. And that's exactly what he does. He doesn't leave her in her mess. He pursues her and rescues her and restores her, which is exactly what God does for us. When we couldn't get to God, God came to us to rescue and restore us. And then you'll see with chapters 4 through 14 is offense from Israel, response of God, warning of judgment mixed with grace. And, and it flows from chapter 4 all the way to 14. And, and there's highlights and there's lowlights. Look at what's happening in, in verse 1. There is no faithfulness or steadfast love and no knowledge of God in the land. But what is there? All right, so if we don't know God, what's in the land? Check this out. They're swearing, lying, murder, stealing, committing adultery. They break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. That sounds familiar. I know that land. What's the problem? No one knows God, so they do whatever they want. Priests are no help. They lead people away from God. They don't recognize God. Therefore, judgment's coming, and that's verse 5, or chapter 5. Then you move on, chapter 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. How do you respond to God? God's giving this warning. Come home. Come back. Come near. Draw near. Turn from those idols. Come back to me. How do you think the people responded? They stayed away. They didn't listen. They didn't want God. They had forgotten Him. And so they kept pursuing other idols. And so God removes his hand of blessing and lets them go. It's a sad, sad story. And yet history repeats itself. Look at uh, Hosea 6, verse 3. If you're taking notes, write this one down. Hosea 6, verse 3. This is how you should respond when God is gracious and calls you back to himself. This is what I want us to do. Verse 3 says, Let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is as sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers, as spring rains that water the earth. And so the, the, the hope here is we want a personal relationship with God. Let us know, let us press on to know God. Pressing on. Some of you know what pressing on means. When it's tough, when things keep you from something you desire, you press on. When we're doing conditioning with football, the some guys, you'll see, take a knee and give up. Other guys will press on. Are you pressing on in your walk with Christ? Because there's a lot of things right now that are vying for your attention and your concern. Are you pressing on to know Jesus? 
because you'll find them. You'll find them. His coming forth is as certain as the dawn. I didn't have to guess if the sun was going to rise this morning. It was coming. That's how sure God is. His coming forth is as certain as the dawn. And then verse 6 of chapter 6, For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. And here's what was happening. The people were doing the things they should have been from a heart that was far from God. Right? So it would be like people coming in, I'm going to throw some money in our offering basket. Here's my money, God, I know you want that. I got to show up at least once a month to a service. I probably need to read the Bible. Where do I need to read today? All right, I got my verse done. Right? There was no affection. There was no passion for God. So, hey, here's my, here's my sacrifices. God doesn't desire that. What does He desire? Steadfast love. You see, the marriage had grown cold, not because God wasn't faithful, but because Israel left. There was no desire for God in the land. How's your affections for Christ today? Could it be described as steadfast love? Do you know him on a personal level? That is what he desires. And then we keep going. You three, you see chapter 8 and chapter 9. It doesn't get any better. There's a warning, come back to me. And then it's a reaping of what you sow. You see, sometimes because nothing has happened to you yet, nothing has happened to me yet, with whatever my sin is, we think that we got away with it. And yet, what always happens is you reap what you sow. Judgment's coming for Israel. They were leaning on a nation called Assyria, which was a magnificent empire, growing in power. And they're like, oh, these are our boys, they'll save us. But Assyria had different plans. They came and took them into captivity. They relied on Assyria to be their savior instead of God. Judgment was coming. They thought they had it figured out. And you see, a lot of people today think they have it figured out. They minimize sin. You do what you want. Say what you want. Think how you want. God hasn't said anything yet, so I guess he doesn't care. But you don't realize judgment's coming. And that's a scary thing. Unless you know the mercy of God. And so we, we keep reading. You see in chapter 10, verse 12 and 13, you, you, you got two options. Everybody in the room has two options. Israel had two options. We have two options. Chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap steadfast love. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. That's the time. Right now. The invitation is still out. It is time to seek the Lord, that He may come and rain righteousness upon you. Now that's a, that's a crazy thought. How can God rain righteousness on wicked people? Have you ever thought about that? How can God call me righteous? Because if you live with me at any time, you know I'm a mess up. I've missed the mark. I'm not holy as God is holy. So how can I think I can be called righteous before God? How is God going to rain down righteousness on me and on you? We keep reading. For you have plowed iniquity, you have reaped injustice, you have eaten the fruit of lies because you have trusted in your own way. So there are two options right here. 
you will either return to God or you will trust in your own way. Those are the only two ways people have. Those are the only two ways people have. You will either trust in yourself to get through life or you will turn to God. And then we get to chapters 12 through 14. More warnings. More invitations to come back. And then you get verse 1 and 2 of chapter 14. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take with your words and return to the Lord. Say to Him, take away all iniquity. That's a beautiful picture. And so we started with the bad news, right? I don't know if it's... It won't help grow attendance. If you're trying to gain a crowd, Hosea is not the book to preach. Right? When you call the people listening adulterers, that's not a good uh, self-motivating thing to say to people. Right? But I need you to understand this. Before God, you're not okay. You're not a good person. I'm not a good person. I'm not holy as God is holy. I need somebody to stand in the gap. And so I have to get the bad news to you before I can get to the good news. And this is the good news. There's a picture of another marriage, right? You have Hosea and Gomer showing the unfaithfulness of a people. But you have another picture of marriage. You know where you see that in the Bible? You see it in Ephesians chapter 5. And in Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to turn there. Ephesians chapter 5, you have a picture of another marriage. And I want us to have this picture as we move forward. Ephesians chapter 5, we read this. Husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that he might be holy and without blemish. That's the picture of marriage that I want. How do I become a person without blemish, holy and righteous? By being connected to Christ. How do I go from not my people to children of the living God? Through Christ. How does God rain down righteousness on me, a wicked man? Through Christ. So this is the beautiful picture. When I couldn't get to God, you see mercy pursuing me. Like Hosea pursuing Gomer. Is she worth his love and devotion? No. But you see mercy on display. This is exactly what God does. While I'm a sinner, while I'm running away from God, Jesus comes and lives a perfect life, dies on a cross. He dies on a cross. God is pouring out judgment and wrath on sin. And so if I can go to Christ who's already paid for my sin, guess what I get? His righteousness. This is the beautiful picture. The mercy of God is clearly seen on the cross of Christ. You see, Hosea goes and he buys back Gomer for for some barley and some money. But for God to buy back a people, it cost him his son. And Jesus is like, I got him. He said, I haven't come to be served, I've come to serve and to give my life as a ransom. I've come to seek and to save the lost. 
And so if, if Jesus dying on the cross doesn't register anything to you, you don't know him. And yet the invitation stands, let him be your righteousness. Have you ever made that decision? Because the message of Hosea is now is the time. Now is the time to turn to the Lord. And 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us, that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. You see, I'm like Gomer. Unfaithful, far from God, and yet in my sin, Jesus comes, rescues, and restores. It's given me a new heart, new life, new affections. I'm alive to God because of what Jesus has done in my life. His death on the cross paid for my sin. There's no condemnation. There's no judgment for me. What I've done in the past, what I'm doing now, and what I'm doing in the future has already been paid for. I'm like, well, then you'll live however you want to. I can't. I'm married. And I'll be faithful to my God. Christ has called me. He has started a work in me. He will complete it. And what's true of me can be true of you. Do not play games with God. Israel thought they could play games. Assyria was coming. Judgment was coming. And yet, a group returned to the Lord. Do you need to turn to God today? Has anything captured your heart more than Jesus this morning? You need to turn from that idol and treasure Jesus. Do you think you're too dirty or too far? You're not. God's grace is greater than your sin. And the righteousness that you have to have is yours in Christ and only in Christ. Because there's no boasting before God. All of us get to God through one way. And His name's Jesus. That's the marriage you desire. That's the marriage we have to have. You see, Hosea... The message is a marriage, and the marriage points to mercy. And that mercy is found only in Christ. So call on Him and be saved. And what I'm going to do, and I know we have a lot of things going on today, and there's a lot of people in the room. We're going to have just a little music playing. I want you to spend some time asking God to open up your mind, open up your heart. Maybe you need to call on God today and be saved. Maybe it's time for you to return to God. God's pursuing you, you know it, but you're delaying, stop, turn to Him. Maybe you're here and you have other things competing for your heart's desire and you need to make a commitment to God that you're turning from that and following after Jesus. Whatever God is doing in your life, spend some time praying to Him and then after about a minute, I'll close us in prayer and we'll be free to go. All right, let's pray.
Father, thank you for gathering us here this morning. Lord, I pray that we are a people that press on to know you. Father, in your word, you say those who draw near to you, you will draw near to. So, Father, I pray that your presence is what we desire. Help us flee from idols, turn from things that compete for our affections, and help us run with Jesus. Thank you for your mercy in Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Family come in late, man. I'm sorry to put you over here. Elvis, did you know that song before today? That's pretty impressive, man. I love it. I love it. I can never do that.